0: And so this morning we'll be reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12, a text of mission, a text of sending, when Jesus sent out the 72. But before we go to God's word together, let's pray. God, our Father, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our teacher, and the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, our utmost concern. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Near. far This is near This is far Near Far <laughs> No I'm just a hair out of breath now Does anyone know where that came from? Sesame Street. It's Grover. That's why I wore a blue shirt today. There's more to it than that. That's Grover from Sesame Street. When he explains to children the difference between near and far. And he runs back and forth and gets all out of breath. My sister, Jill, who's here with us this morning, actually I told her about my sermon yesterday and she said... That's like Grover from Sesame Street. And so, thank you, Jill, for inspiring what I think was a good idea. (laughs) My friends, mission, the mission of the church, is both near and far. The fact that today is a Sunday about mission is a reminder that we have certain texts that come to mind when we think about mission and, and one of them, the one that probably comes most readily to mind, is Matthew 28. The Great Commission, after Jesus' resurrection, when he said, "'Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age.'" but when we hear Matthew 28 sometimes we think of mission as something that is only far far but mission is to all nations to all the world to all peoples to the to the very ends of the earth is where Jesus has sent us to mission is far it takes us far places and to have albino and sandy here this morning is a reminder that We are making disciples of all nations, all the way to Peru, which for those of us that are gathered here, that is far away. But mission is also near. Mission is across the ocean and across the globe, but mission is also across the street. Mission is so near, it's across the hallway at work. It's across the yard to our next-door neighbor for a simple invitation. Mission is both near and far. It's not either or. It's a faithfulness that we follow Jesus wherever we go, both on the long trips where we pack our bags, we pack our suitcases, we hop on a plane and we go far away. And mission is also near. In this text, Jesus de-equips his disciples of all of their earthly stuff. There's no extra clothing. There's no extra money in the purse. It's just your daily going. And Jesus sends people out to the places that are near, to every town and place that he was about to go. It starts near, and it grows to be far. When we think about mission, we do ourselves a disservice if we only think about it as near or only think about it as far. There are times when God calls us far from home, where we pack our bags and go a great distance. And maybe sometimes even scarier than that is the mission that's near to us, to witness to those whom we know, if this doesn't go well, we're going to see them again very soon. Mission is both near and mission is far. Because the mission of God that we have been given is to spread the gospel. The news that Jesus gave the 72 in Luke chapter 10 to say that the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And we bring that news both near and far. Today at North Holland, we get to celebrate missions that are near and far. We get to hear from Albino and Sandy We get to hear from Faith Avery at Atlas, something that's near, right in our backyards, in our neighborhood in Holland, Zealand. We get to celebrate hand-to-hand starting again with an abundance of food that we get to share with those who are very near to our own doors. Our mission as God's people continues. The same mission that Jesus sent his disciples out with in Luke 9 with the 12 and now in Luke 10 with the 72, and in Matthew 28, where he sent everyone who is with him out to all nations of the world. It's the same work, it's the same mission that Christ has called us to today. And so we, the church today, learn just as much from Luke chapter 10 as we pay attention to how Jesus sends us out on mission, both near and far. The task of mission, both near and far, is Urgent and daunting, and maybe just a little bit intimidating. (laughs) Jesus says a lot of things that are scary in Luke chapter 10 because he tells us that the harvest is plentiful, it's abundant, and the workers are few. Do you ever feel like you're just too busy? (laughs) That you're overwhelmed? There's too many things to do, there's too many things on the calendar. There's not very many workers. Or when you look at the need of the world, do you ever think that the need is just too great? How can we ever reach everyone? How can we change everyone's lives? The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Because the harvest is throughout the whole world, and the world is a big place, and the world is a place of great need. And Jesus scares us a little bit by saying that we're sent out as lambs among wolves. It's a reminder that God never guaranteed physical safety or that we would always be comfortable where we are. God did not guarantee that we would always be well-received either. We are sent out like lambs among wolves in times of great need. And if we engage the world in mission, if we pay attention to the need of our world, we will encounter wolves. We will encounter the wolves of people who are opposed to us, who do not welcome us, who do not want what we are offering, this news of the kingdom. If we pay attention to the needs of the world, we will encounter the the wolves of poverty, the wolves of addiction that tear people apart. We will encounter abuse and hardship. Even hearing this morning from the update, we will hear about human trafficking and exploitation, the abuse of children. We will encounter the wolves of families that have been broken, People have been turned against one another. We will encounter great need. And if we engage the mission that Jesus has called us to, to go into the world, both near and far, it will take a toll on our souls. Encountering the need of the world will take a toll on our souls. It will hurt because we are encountering wolves who seek to tear us apart. We need help. The need is great. And even as we get sent out as lambs among wolves, the reception will vary. Sometimes we're greeted well. Other times, not so much. One of the questions that always troubled me in this text is what does it mean when you're not greeted, when you say peace, the peace of Christ to this house, and you're not greeted that you Go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. In verse 11. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. What does it mean to shake the dust from your feet when you leave somewhere that did not welcome you? Last week, we studied Luke chapter 7. And in Luke 7, there's a contrast between Simon the Pharisee, who did not show hospitality to Jesus, and the sinful woman who wiped Jesus' feet with her tears and with her hair. Here, when Jesus says you'd shake the dust from your feet as you leave that place, it is a sign and symbol that you were not welcomed to that town. Because if you had been welcomed in this day and age, someone would have offered you water to wash your feet, and there would be no dust on your feet. Therefore, when you are not welcomed, when you are not received, when you leave, you shake the dust from your feet as a sign that you did not receive hospitality or love. No one gave you water for your feet. As a church, we can wonder what it's like for us to not receive a warm welcome. We can wonder what it's like for us to receive uh, no love or hospitality or water for our feet. We're more of a hand-washing society than a foot-washing society. But the challenge that I hear in this text, when the church considers the places where we leave and shake the dust from our feet because we weren't welcomed, the challenge that I hear is for us as the people of God to make sure when people leave our midst, when they depart from our doors, that they do not have dust to shake from their feet. When people come to us and join us, are they welcomed? Are they shown love? Do we provide hospitality as an issue of the heart? Are we willing to give our guests the very best? Or do people encounter us, both here in the church or out in the world? Do they encounter us Christians? And are they left with dust to shake from their feet? I pray that that is not the case. Because if we take our mission seriously, then the people who encounter Christ, people who encounter the kingdom through you and me, both here and out in the world, they will have no dust to shake from their feet because they have been shown love and hospitality and their needs have been met. People are not feeling always so welcome. Symbolically speaking, we need to wash the dust from the feet of our guests, those who come to us, There's a great sense of urgency that Jesus sends out the 72. Even though he's gone from sending out 12 in Luke 9 to sending out 72 in Luke chapter 10, the harvest is still plentiful, the workers are still few, and there is a sense of timely urgency. If you have any connection to farming or agriculture, you know that harvest is a narrow window. You have to harvest everything in a certain amount of time. And Jesus sends us with that same understanding of harvest, not only as abundant, but also a harvest that has a limited amount of time. And so there's urgency. And so we get this peculiar line that Jesus says, do not greet anyone along the road. Does that ever seem strange that Jesus would say, do not greet anyone on the road? Considering it's in the same chapter of Luke chapter 10 that we have the parable of the good Samaritan, where the good Samaritan does exactly that, he stops on his journey and helps someone out on the road, maybe helpful to clarify is that there's two different types of encounters on the road. One is the good Samaritan who stops because there is a need and someone needs the dust washed from their feet along the road. But Jesus tells his disciples not to greet anyone on the road because he's avoiding small talk. Jewish greetings were very formal, and they took time. And so if I were traveling on the road and I met Jed, I would be socially obliged to say to him, Jedediah, son of John, son of Larry, peace be with your household. Steve, son of William, son of Edward peace on your household. Jedediah, husband of Brittany, father of Jace, father of Eliana. Stephen, DeVries, husband of Caitlin, father of Ada, peace to your household and your family and sovereignty to you. May the Lord bless you for all generations, both now and in the future. And you and your generations, may they be many. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Elohim. Adonai echad. And you know that that song goes on for quite a while. Please, join me in my house for dinner. I would be honored by your presence. Come, come. And then, at that moment, we've been taken off the road. Thanks, Jed. At that moment, the mission that we were sent on, the 72 that were sent out to go to every town and place, that Jesus was called to go, has been interrupted. For one, with a long list of genealogies and introductions and blessings on households. And Jed and I just gave you the abbreviated version of that. And then there's an obligation to come into my house, and people are drawn off the road. It's as if we were sent on mission, if we were sent to go somewhere, but we barely got out of our subdivision because we had to stop at someone's house. And we never got sent out to the greater fields of the harvest. Mission is near, and mission is far. And we need to be able to get to the places that Jesus is sending us. There is urgency, there is intimidation, and there is even some fear involved in this. But there is also comfort, encouragement, and peace. Tonight, we get to celebrate A lot of the fruits of the harvest that we here at North Holland get to see, both near and far, because mission does bear good fruit when we are faithful. For one, we do come with a message of peace. At the beginning of Luke, angels greeted people by saying, Peace to you. And in Luke 24, the resurrected Jesus greeted his disciples by saying, Peace be with you. And we are sent with the peace of Christ, peace to this house. And I find it comforting that we are sent not necessarily to be successful, but we are sent to be faithful. Both to those who welcome the message of the gospel and to those who reject it. The message, the faithful message, is the same. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Whether they reject it or accept it, the message is the same. The kingdom of God has come near to you. My friends, we have called simply to be faithful, near and far. To celebrate with those who exceed the gospel and accept it. To be able to dare to go across the state, across the country, across the world to share God's love and grace. But also to go to the end of our street, to cross the hallway at work, to greet our neighbors and invite them to join us here at church. To reach out to those who are in need. We here at North Holland get to celebrate tonight that our mission is from Zealand to Zimbabwe. From Holland to Haiti. From Ottawa County to the country of Nicaragua. From Alaska to, to anywhere else. From Warwick to Juarez. We get to celebrate that our mission is both here and there. It is everywhere because it's a matter of faithfulness wherever we go. Tonight we get to celebrate just that. And we get to be reminded that the harvest is plentiful and that the workers are few. And there are times when we truly feel the pressure of being lambs among wolves. But the most comforting piece in this text for me are the first two verses. Jesus sent them two by two. Two by two. We are not sent alone. And Jesus sent us to every town and place where he was about to go. There is nowhere in the world that we can go that Christ does not go with us. And when I am most frightened when I am most nervous and scared to to step out in faith and to share the gospel with someone, to offer a word of encouragement from my faith, I remember that it is Jesus who has sent us to every town and place where he is about to go. It is Jesus who whispers in our ear, I am right behind you. Jesus sends us to every place that he is about to go. I'm right behind you. I am with you, now and even to the end of the age. Mission is near. Mission is far. But mission is not done alone. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit be with us in every mission endeavor, both near and far. Amen. Let's pray. God, you send us near and far. You send us when we are excited. You send us when we are afraid. You send us when we're confident that all will go well. And you send us when we have no idea how this is going to work. You send us, though, because you love us as your children. And you love this world to whom you have called yourself to. Lord, may we see the need and witness to it and bring your kingdom here both near and far. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen.